Hey, 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 Erica here. In the first part of this series, we explored the psychology of nurturing yourself, and we dived deep into the different reasons why self-care is important. We also discussed the first building block to nurturing yourself, which I mentioned is simplicity. Now, in this episode, we will move further into exploring some of the other building blocks to nurturing yourself. So, if you haven't yet listened to the previous self-care series, part one, I'd like to ask you to do so before continuing on with this. However, if you are joining us here in continuation from the last episode, welcome back. As mentioned in the concluding part of the previous episode, one major building block to nurturing ourselves is cultivating contentment. This is building block number two to taking care of yourself. Contentment is to be at utter peace with yourself, with where you're at and with where you're going. Contentment is greatly enhanced by simplicity. When you can get to a space of simplicity and contentment, you are already halfway towards becoming a more resilient person. Do you know about the meaning of contentment? There is no one-size-fits journey to finding contentment, but I will share with you today six strategies that you can learn and apply in terms of how to become more content through being more intentional. But what is contentment all about? Contentment is about finding joy in what we already have in our lives. It is feeling a sense of satisfaction with our possessions, status, and situation. It is about being happy without trying to find fulfillment in acquiring more material possessions. There are six principles to finding contentment, which are practice gratitude, take control of your attitude, break the buying habit, stop comparing yourself to others, start helping others, be content with what you have, not with what you are. Let's begin with the practice gratitude aspect. You've probably heard about the act of practicing gratitude. Many people have a gratitude journal they write in every day, and that is not such a bad idea. If you do not want to buy a gratitude journal, you can use a regular notebook or even your phone to write about what you are grateful for every day, even if it's just one thing. Contentment cannot be developed without gratitude. They are inseparable. A grateful person is one who has learned to focus on the positive things in their life and not on the things that are lacking. 
The simple refocusing on the positive things in your life will shift your focus to the many good things that you already have. Take control of your attitude. Remember, in cultivating contentment, your happiness is also based on your decision to be happy. Often people engage in when and then thinking, such as, when I get this, then I will be happy. It is instead worthwhile to take care of your attitude. Remember, your happiness ought not be reliant on the acquisition of any possession, but on your decision to be happy. This is one of the most valuable lessons to learn. Cultivate contentment by creating an optimistic attitude. Next, break the buying habit. Society has gotten into the habit of satisfying its discontentment by spending more money on stuff to make us happy. Remember that contentment is about being happy with what you already have. No material object will give you lasting happiness and it is therefore important to learn to break the habit of buying things in order for it to make you happy. The next time you feel discontent, Do not buy the item, rather ask yourself and try to determine why not having that item is bringing you discontentment. This next one is so important. Do not compare yourself to others. One of the worst things that you can do to foster discontentment is to compare yourself with others. Sometimes we compare ourselves and our lives with others or we find that another person is doing it with us. Sometimes copying our style, our purchases or just being in competition with our family. The best thing to do is to distance yourself from such a relationship. If you are the one comparing yourself, start by fostering contentment with what you have and who you are and accept yourself fully as a person just the way you are. The comparing game is like a competition and there are no winners in such a competition. It does not simply cultivate contentment, but it is a consistent drive to become better. Living in the future and not really being present and in the moment when you must be. Help others. There are a number of reasons why helping others cultivates contentment and aids in self-care. Firstly, to help others feel good. And it aids in general feelings of well-being. Helping others strengthens our support networks and encourages us to be more involved and active evidence suggests that when we help others it promotes changes in the chemistry of our brains that are involved with happiness 
It further creates a sense of belonging and reduces isolation. Finally, it keeps things in perspective. To help others through difficult times or areas in their lives in which they suffer helps us to be grateful for what we have and therefore helps to keep things in perspective in terms of our own lives and to be more resilient in our own lives. Lastly, on the contentment radar, we must be content with what we have and not with what we are. In other words, to cultivate contentment, it is important to be content with what you have, not with what you are. It is not good to ever stop learning, growing, or discovering. One must take pride in what and who you are, your personhood and the progress you've made, but never be so content that you cannot find room for improvement. Contentment is not the same as complacency, for when you stop growing, you start dying. Now, let's talk a bit about balance. It's very important to incorporate balance very mindfully into your life. There must always be balance. Too much of anything is bad and it will have a negative influence in all aspects of your life. Think about it. How can you be more resilient in one area of your life when that area is depleted of your attention and out of balance? What is the literary meaning of balance and how can it be applied to our lives? Benson mentions that balance is an even distribution of weight, enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady. It is also a condition in which different elements are equal or in the correct proportions. It can also be defined as an act to keep something instead positioned so that it does not fall. Contentment is highly related to happiness and happiness is a mixture of our needs and how we are tending to them on four levels, including the physical level, the mental level, the emotional and the spiritual level. All of these levels should be in balance, that is, they should be tended to equally. If one or more of these areas of our lives is out of proportion or unsteady or out of balance, we tend to feel less happy and content. This is because there is not enough tending to each of these four levels or too much tending or focusing on one level and disregarding some other levels. When this happens, it leads to unhappiness, poor decision-making, and stress dominating one or more areas of one's life. Can you see how all of the above factors that are related to your life being out of balance may lead to lower levels of self-care and resilience? Balance is not the same for everyone. Remember this, please. Some people need more exercise than others to feel their lives are in balance, while some prefer to spend more time with friends than others. Then there are some who prefer more alone time to feel their lives are in balance. 
it's important to know when we are not aligned and to get clear on what we need to be happy. It will be the cornerstone to the amount of balance that we are able to create and maintain on a consistent basis. What else does balance help us with other than making us happy and content? Here's the thing. Balance helps us more than we are aware of. It is very important to actively and mindfully relook whether your life is in balance because there are four very important attributes to balance, including the following. Balance enables us to grow. It helps us to conquer storms. It helps us to create healthy change when needed. It helps us to recenter when we realize we are lost in how busy life has become or otherwise when we've lost touch with ourselves. There are several ways we can create balance in our lives. Let's start with choices. Do you feel you have choices in your life? Or are there tasks or activities that you do not want to do, but others expect you to take part in them and you do that for them regardless? Do you have healthy boundaries to implement choices? Healthy boundaries will help you to say no when necessary. Do you perhaps allow victim language such as, I can't, or I have to, or I must, to dictate your life? Next, schedule time. Schedule a weekly time when you will plan your time to spend on activities for the coming week based on what you choose. Remember, when you plan and say yes to something, you're also saying no to someone or something else. It is therefore important to know yourself and what you need. Identify the key relationships in your life. Start with identifying their roles in your life. What activities do you feel will nurture you in the week to come? How will you nurture one or more relationships in your life? What can you do to nurture a role in your life? Choose the correct activities. When do you do your planning? Choose activities that you know will nurture your physical, spiritual, mental, and social wellness. Caring for yourself first will help you be more available for the roles you fulfill in society without feeling angry or resentful. A third building block for nurturing resilience is restoring rest. Just as a piece of brilliant music needs rest, so do we. Imagine if we were to speak without any periods of rest in between. I know this may sound silly, but We are creatures of habit, and when life being so filled with many different activities every day, we often unconsciously decide to cut out periods of rest so that we can take on even more. Is it worth it, and will it aid you in feeling more content and cared for? Apart from self-care, there are more benefits to rest, which ultimately link with self-care. So... What are the additional benefits of enough rest? It heals your body. 
It reduces stress. Rest boosts creativity. It improves productivity. It enhances decision making. Let's talk about how rest heals the body. The human body is made to thrive in a series of short sprints. Taking a break during the day, even for a few minutes, can refresh you to persevere throughout the day. Breaks are cessations to work, physical activities, or emotional stress. The amount of rest depends on everyone's needs. Adequate rest helps to activate the body's immune system and to return to a state of homeostasis after a particularly busy time. This is when one's body can repair and recover from strenuous activities and periods of chronic stress. Rest reduces stress. Chronic stress suppresses the body's immune system and it is also responsible for physiological arousal, increased heart rate and blood pressure, slow digestive functioning and increased secretion of cortisol. Stress arouses the fight or flight response coupled with increased adrenaline, whereas rest counteracts the effects of chronic stress by activating the parasympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system controls bodily functions when a person is at rest. Rest boosts creativity. Taking time off for rest helps you to refill your reserves and to have capacity to be and think more creatively. Quiet moments inspire time for reflection, allowing you to break through creative barriers. Brain data measures have shown that synchronized patterns of spontaneous brain activation happens during rest. This helps with solutions to open-ended problems, such as inventing new uses for objects, thus being more creative and even industrious. Rest improves productivity. Like the muscles in your body, your brain is also less functional when it is fatigued. Restful periods provide for more productive periods because our brains are sharpened. Set aside one day a week for rest and you will be more productive and feel a greater sense of accomplishment. Rest enhances decision-making. Have you ever heard someone say, I'm going to sleep on it? This term is accurate because rest improves our ability to make decisions. If you're unsure about a decision, take some time out. Do not make a decision hastily, but rather wait until you've had a good night's rest. Regularly scheduled breaks on a daily and weekly basis allow us to refresh our perspectives and in turn make better decisions. Have you ever heard of HUGA? Spelled H-Y-G-G-E. It is a Danish concept and is pronounced as HUGA. It roughly translates to coziness, but it is so much more and it is a very relevant thing to this episode. So 
What is Hoga? In essence, it means creating a warm atmosphere and enjoying the good things in life with good people. A brightly lit candle amid winter is Hoga. Snuggling with a loved one to watch a movie is Hoga too. There is nothing more Hoga than spending time with family and friends discussing the big and small matters in life. Perhaps it is because of Huga that the Danes are some of the happiest people in the world. Think about it. Can you incorporate Huga into your life? It is very similar and therefore relevant to self-care. To appreciate the small and big things in life and to experience every moment in life as being special and to be treasured can make a world of difference to your daily experiences. And that is all I have for you today, folks. I sincerely hope that you've enjoyed this series on self-care. I hope to catch you on the next episode. Until later. Hmm.